This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hello and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast. I am Erica Polsonelli, your host, and we're here to talk about all things meditation, spirituality, 5D and beyond. Come on in. I'm so excited for you to be here. Welcome everyone. Today I have a very special guest. I'm so excited to introduce. As you guys know, I always tune in before and this tune in was extra special because I have Guru Joss here who is one of my teachers and she is just, when I tell you an angel on earth, that's the only way I can describe her, a Kundalini teacher, um, lead singer of White Sun Music, which I know that you're most likely familiar with just by doing my meditations and being here in the community and um, so much more, a mother, a friend, and a thought leader, a light worker, and beyond. So welcome, Guru Joss. I'm so, so grateful to have you. Well, thank you for that absolutely um, incredible introduction. Um, Thank you for being so generous with your words, Erica, and thank you for having me here today. Thank you so much, and thank you for tuning us in. My listeners know every time I start with the tune-in, but this time Guru Joss tuned us in because I just felt like, I don't know, how could I tune you in? (laughs) You are just incredible. I just look at you as a teacher, and I hold you high on a pedestal, and I'm just so grateful that you're here. So thank you. Well, Erica, I could say the same to you. When I think of you, I'm uplifted because of the work that you do on the planet and of your disposition to just always be uplifting to everybody. I mean, this is your your default is to just carry the light and to truly... do what you say, you practice what you preach. You're, you're, uh, I, I admire you very much for your discipline and for your determination to uplift those around you and the planet around you. And I mean that you're an inspiration to me as well. So thank you. Thank you. It's interesting. Your choice of words are so interesting because right before this, I recorded a solo episode podcast where um, I was actually answering community questions and concerns that some people were having. And they were talking about like how to stay high vibrational during really dark times and how to keep your light and not let others or the outside world affect you. And what moved through me was that's why I'm here. Like I'm here to hold the light. And there are people on earth right now that are here for that and not to really give into the, the wars, I want to say, that's going on that are continuously um, just popping up. And some of us are here to do that. And I know you are as well. And I know that there are so many other people here to just hold that frequency for the planet and neutralize it a bit and hopefully uplift it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm so glad that people are asking those questions and that you're able to answer them. And I really think that our, you know, entire lives can boil down to some of the things that you just said, which is that we are faced with a choice right now. Um, All of us are faced with a choice of of how we're going to live this moment, how we're going to live the next moment, how we're going to live this day and what 
energetic legacy are we going to leave behind? And there is a war. I think that's another wise choice of words. And it's the first time we've seen an Aquarian war. And a war in the Aquarian times is different than it was in the Piscean times. It's an energy war and a frequency war. And the yogis see this as a war for your consciousness and for your energy, um, a war to manipulate you into feeling a certain way or conducting your life in a certain way. And um, what we are trying to do is uh, give people the tools to be autonomous and sovereign and to come up with their uh, their own that be their own leaders in many ways and not um, become parrots of a power control system which would program you to look for weakness inside of yourself um, pain inside of yourself and there's a lot of things now that are being you know spread through the media on the planet earth that are designed to make you feel bad to make you feel negative to make you feel weak to um, search your system for pain um, anxiety depression all of these things to to scare you so in the media we see constant negativity and that's the war really and when i say media it's not limited to just the media it's vibratory it's in the environment and it's everywhere and uh, what we need to remind ourselves is that we are powerful. We need to remind ourselves of our own power and we need to make sure that we're choosing positivity and that we're choosing uh, feelings that make, that uplift us. You know, that if we see a negative situation that instead of compounding negativity and feeling negative about it, that we add something positive to it. And uh, what I love so much about being human is that everything's a choice and you can choose to listen to Erica and I or not. I mean, it's all a really beautiful choice of free will. Um, but what Erica and I are both on the planet to do is to give you the tools to choose. So you can choose love, you can choose happiness, you can choose positivity and upliftment, you can choose destiny and dharma, and you can choose it every second of every day. Um, you can create an energy field for yourself that becomes your home. You can create an electromagnetic field for yourself. You create your own aura that becomes comfortable and a beautiful place to live in, um, despite what might be going on outside of yourself. So it's right now we actually have a really beautiful opportunity because a lot of people are doubling down on their determination to use their power that they've been given at birth and to, uh, to choose happiness despite what's going on um, in the world. And so this is all electromagnetic and um, Erica has provided you with so many techniques, enough to last your entire life. <laughs> if you just use the techniques that she's offered and given you, um, this is all you need your entire life uh, to create an energy field that serves you and uplifts you and is comfortable and happy and fulfilling and satisfying for you. That's so powerful. And I feel so much energy as you speak of all of this at my third eye, a lot of energy in my head and my crown. A lot. Do, <laughs> Do you feel yeah. that often? I I get very spaced out when we start talking about the teachings, especially I think because we tuned in. Um, so yes. so yeah, I think once we tune in, we really do connect to that lineage, and then the energy starts working through us. And so absolutely, I definitely relate to what you're saying. <laughs> it's it's uh, we're so lucky. Yeah. 
We really are. And that's why I always love to tune in before, just so it's that stream of consciousness and everything that my soul wants to say will come through. Um, so I want I want to hear, I love how we dove right into so much. <laughs> and I want to go so deep into it. But I also want to hear about you and how you found Kundalini and how you have become the person you are today. Well, really, um, me being here now is because I found a teacher. And um, there's a lot of uh, practitioners all over the world um, in, in the Tibetan Buddhist system, which I have studied, and in the, um, the Kundalini Yoga uh, lineage that they'll tell you that um, they got to where they are through a teacher. And that's certainly, in my case, the truth. So my I found my teacher, Hari Jeevan, and uh, growing up the way I grew up and, and the culture I grew up in, um, I'm lucky that I was even able to recognize what a teacher was, you know, because that's not even a concept that we really have. It's a very uncommon concept to have. But um, my spiritual teacher is, uh, is the reason why I'm here now. Um, and... <laughs> the way that I found my spiritual teacher is because I was taking a Hatha yoga class, which I love. I love Hatha yoga. And I was taking this wonderful class with this wonderful teacher. And she um, had really, she was very studied. Um, she had worked very hard to study uh, the, the lineage and the uh, the technique of Hatha yoga. And so I signed up for a sort of more in-depth course with her. And she was talking about how um, the different postures in Hatha raise the Kundalini and how really the purpose of what we do in, in class is to raise the Kundalini. And there was a, somebody who raised their hand and asked her, um, what about Kundalini yoga? So if the purpose is to raise the Kundalini, if that's what brings the consciousness, if that's what brings the results, then why not practice Kundalini yoga? Um, and she's, and, <laughs> and in her That's opinion, kind of what I was thinking, like, wait, why don't we just go there? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, exactly. And, and, and again, this is someone who, who I have still to this day have great respect for, but her answer was, the reason why we don't practice Kundalini yoga is because it's very fast and I, it works very fast. And I thought to myself, I respect that, that you don't want to go fast, but I do. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I, I want to go fast. Like I can't see anything wrong. Like what, how could fast be a bad thing? You know? Um, and so literally Erica, like I went and Googled Kundalini yoga. I just, I Googled it and I, that's how I my teacher. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anyone to introduce me to it. There was no friend that took me. I just Googled it and wandered into his class. That is so cool. And <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I I mean, as soon as I met, came into contact with this practice, I just wanted to go in all in. And I was just so ready and excited for it. But I think there is a lot of fear around it. And I do wonder if that's um, more of the Piscean energy and in this Aquarian energy will be more accepting and embracing of the Kundalini energy. But in the past, there is a lot of fear. And if people Google Kundalini, it could come up with, they could, they could actually be very scared of what we do if they Google it. And then when people try it, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's life-changing. <laughs> Yes. 
Yes. And I think like what you just said, um, it kind of brings us back to the first thing that you referenced, which was sort of the frequency war that's happening on the planet Earth. This frequency war is designed to keep people in a low vibration. And so anything that's going to raise your vibration is energetically and also literally discouraged. And it's, it's discouraged mostly outside of our awareness, you know, so the reason why people are afraid of um, practicing uh, technology that will uplift their consciousness and, uh, you know, get rid of their subconscious blocks and thought forms and um, get their glandular system working and merge their consciousness with universal consciousness. I mean, that sounds like bliss, but people are afraid of it because they've been programmed to be afraid of it. But if you think about it, they're not mm -hmm. afraid of um, narcotics, you know, <laughs> they're not yeah. afraid of, they're not afraid of substances, which you can buy at the grocery store now, which destroy your, yeah. you know, health and destroy your system. They're not afraid of endocrine disrupting chemicals. They're not afraid of eating synthetic food and destroying their hormonal balance in their body. I mean, people aren't afraid of the things they should be afraid of. Um, Kundalini is something that's designed to overpower uh, the tax that, that you're subjected to on this planet. Yeah. How long after you found Kundalini and started practicing, did you know you wanted to be a Grammy winning artist for mantra singing? Like how, <laughs> how did you get there? Um, that's a great question. Um, when I write, when I've always loved music, um, but as a hobby, um, and never can, even dreamed of doing it professionally ever. But when I started practicing and again, when I met my teacher, I started hearing music all the time. I started hearing melody all the time. Um, I'd be like driving in the car and just, I, it was constant. I have thousands of like voice memos that I haven't even re-listened to of all these melodies. Um, sometimes in a dream, you know, I'll hear melody and I'll wake up and record it or like it'll happen at the weirdest times. But, um, and I know if I don't record it, it'll oftentimes disappear, you know, so I have to get it down, um, before it, it disappears. Um, and so actually one of the first songs that I ever, that ever came to me was Trinity, which appropriately is the first song on our first album. And I recorded it like driving around LA on my voicemail. <laughs> so, um, cause it just sort of, oh, sort of cool. came to me in that way. Um, yeah. So, so it, my, my mission on the planet is to, um, bring a certain sound current here. And uh, the base of creation is sound. Um, there's every religion, every spiritual path. There's nobody that doesn't talk about this. There's nobody that doesn't have um, in, the, in their stories, in their scriptures, some reference to sound, um, some reference to the word, some reference to mantra. And of course, even in science, there's the Big Bang Theory and um, even physicists are now coming out to say that phonons and photons um, are almost interchangeable. Um, so there's, there's uh, or creation and sound is the same thing. I recently came across a, a doctor of physics, which I played in, in a class describing how sound and matter is, is considered, could, could be considered the same thing. So um, I, I have to, uh, with my years, with my time here on the planet Earth, I have to bring a sound here, um, and there's a lot of different ways that I need to do that, but um, the goal is to 
reach anybody and everybody without this sort of air of exclusivity, which the mantras were previously kind of kept under. Um, there used to be this sort of idea, and I can't point my finger at any particular, you know, person for propagating this idea, but there used to be this sort of idea that if you don't practice yoga, and if you don't um, have some sort of spiritual connection, that you don't listen to mantras. I'm sure that, like, that some people can relate to this, that you listen to mantras if you if you can sit cross-legged in a yoga studio. But if you like to go to football games and drink beer, then you can't listen to mantras. And I disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> I think that mantras are for everybody, no matter what you do in your life. You know, I think that mantras deserve to be heard by all people, and all people deserve to hear the mantras. And furthermore, um, mantras are... Our, our frequency and we can create a very high frequency through other languages as well through English through Spanish through other languages as well so um, I really I really want to bring a frequency that uplifts people um, and I want to bring that through music and sound and again I'm determined to uh, lift this air of exclusivity around what we um, perceive as a spiritual music because music is music, and music is for everybody. Music's not just for a few people. I love that, and I feel like I, I want to go so much deeper into mantra because you share such wisdom around it, but I do want to share that. Um, I feel like that's what I want to do through Kundalini, and you and I have had this conversation before, how like I don't dress like the typical or traditional kundalini teacher but i i want to make it available to everyone and at times um you know it's it's at times it's scary to be like wow this has been secret for thousands and thousands of years and here we are just airing it out and like giving everyone access to it but i believe that it, it has just helped me so much and we've had those conversations about like what am I really doing? Like, how is this possible? How have I unlocked all of this magic? And I, I love that you're, you're allowing people to have access to the mantras, whether they're a yogi or consider themselves a yogi or not. And it, it's, a, it's really incredible. I know that when I feel out of alignment or when I feel like I'm taking on the frequency of the earth or the world right now, when I put on your mantras and start to chant, it's, it's wild. Like not only do I feel neutral, I feel like blissed out of this world at other dimension type energy. Wow. And it's, it's amazing. It really is. Wow. Thank you so much for telling me that. I mean, that, that means so much to me. You know, I, I know a lot of um, people over the years who I've met, and I'm so lucky to have met, and um, there's not too many people that actually share the teachings like you do, Erica. That's a pretty rare thing. But there's a lot of people that do listen um, to, the, to the mantras, and, and um, you know, it's very, very much like the Big Bang Theory, right? Before creation existed, there was nothing and then there, the nothingness vibrated with OM, OM, OM. That's the vibration of nothing. And then OM, OM became ONG, 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 right? So it started vibrating with uh, something that could actually hold uh, creation instead of uh, 
nothing. And so Ong, O-N-G, started vibrating, and from Ong came the planets, came the universe, came existence. And so we know now, you can see this, I mean, there's a million videos on, um, on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, of people experimenting with sound to actually create something. And you can go look this up. Of course, Emoto is a, is a, Dr. Emoto is a very classic example because he's one of the first people that ever was able to prove that sound manipulates matter. Um, and if, if by any chance your listeners are not familiar, they should go look up Dr. Emoto and his book, Messages from Water. He has many books, but Messages from Water is the one that became a New York Times bestseller and sort of put him on the map. And what he did is he vibrated water with sound and he vibrated water with words and he vibrated water with a microwave and he vibrated water with uh, hateful sounds and he vibrated water with music and with prayers and he, he, he did all these tests on water and then he took pictures of the water and the water that he vibrated with a word like love looks like the most beautiful exquisite crystal um, and it, he would freeze it and take pictures of the water molecules and then the water that was vibrated with uh, insults would just not even be able to form a crystal or violent words. It would just look like a blob. Um, and so this is, this is the power that you have over your own existence is our bodies are 60% water. And if you want a reminder of your own power, just look at those uh, water molecule crystals that Dr. Emoto photographed and you can see you have a choice. Your 60% of you can look like this beautiful, exquisite, uh, one-of-a-kind snowflake crystal or 60% of you can look like a miserable blob, <laughs> right? And it's all based on sound. And so we're constantly searching for high vibrational frequency sounds. And um, uh, you can look and you can look up the, uh, the the story that's held in many traditions throughout the planet of how sound moves objects. You know, we still feel that Easter Island is a mystery, or that the pyramids are a mystery, or that Stonehenge is a mystery. But if you dig deep into these cultures, they they were able to move the stones with sound, which is what what their what their oral traditions say is that the the stones were moved with sound. Um, because sound uh, creates matter, and there's a direct relationship, or the opera singer um, uh, shattering the glass, right? She frequency matches the glass, so she matches that same frequency of the glass with her voice, and then once that match is established, she can increase the frequency which would shatter the glass to move matter, right? Um, so, wow. so we want to understand wow. how much power we have. You know, we work so hard... Uh, to, to try to just convince ourselves of our own power. You have that type of power in you, that if you want a certain existence, you have to create the sound that frequency matches that existence. And so you wanna be very careful with your words because once they're said, they reverberate out and they just don't die. And this is something that I like to share in, uh, in class is that once you say a word, that word is, it's finished, it's said, and it has to keep going. It has to keep creating a vibration. Sound waves don't die. They exist forever. Um, and then they, they will reflect back to you because you're the one that generated them. So it's very important to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right sound. And Erica is teaching you meditation and yoga so that that sound that you do decide to vibrate with is more powerful, that it works faster. It's like... Um, it's like the car and the racetrack, right? You have to have, your body's like the track. 
And the technology is like the car. You have to keep your body um, healthy with the techniques that she's constantly teaching you. Um, and then it becomes a superpower. And then the Maserati can actually uh, go 200 miles an hour. So you've, you've, got, you've got to have the right physical structure to your, your body's an instrument and you, you want to have a, you have to have the right instrument to play the sound on it. Otherwise you can't, you can't vibrate the sound properly. I, I feel like a lot of people might be saying right now, like, Oh no, what about the words I've said in the past? And is that going to come back to me? And I think that's where a lot of mantras and kundalini come in because we're able to clear the karma from what we have put out in the past when we didn't know better. Isn't that right? Oh my gosh. I'm so, so glad that you brought that up. It's so tempting to hear a teaching that is designed to empower you and to somehow feel guilty because you didn't have it before or you weren't using it before. And guilt is another way of destroying your energy fields, and you just can't let yourself go there. Um, the, the past is the past, so forget about it. The, and, and the future is not even promised. You know, all of us have lost people suddenly in our lives that we didn't expect them to leave. And you see these things, you know, constantly. So all we have is right now. You have to let it go. Whatever happened, you have to let it go. And you have to think, I have right now. Um, and I did my best before. Everything I did before, I was yeah. doing my best. I made the best decision I could at the time. If I could have made a better decision, I would have. <laughs> so, so you did your yep. best. Yep. No one cares what you did in the past. I've met people um, who is a, I, I, I have a very close friend who's a Navy SEAL who I can't imagine. I, I don't even know how many lives he's taken. And that's been very difficult for him. It's followed him around and he's used Kundalini to overcome it and to become a very, very powerful force um, for light. And it was, it was difficult for him, but he did it in the line of duty and he's been, he's been, rec he's reconciled that now. Or, um, you know, I know people, I know several people who were prostitutes, you know, prostitutes in their lives because that was the choice that they could make at the time. It was the best option they thought that they had. Um, I know a lot of people who were, who were addicted to drugs or, you know, were on the street with lesions on their skin because of the amount of heroin they were doing. I mean, I, there's so many people that have a past. And you just have to focus on that was your story then, but you have a new story now, starting now. And you just, it's, it's over. So, so it's time to move on. And Erica, what you said about karma is completely right. You can rewrite your life any second. Um, you, can rewrite, you can rewrite the destiny that's written on your forehead through these sounds. And many people have done so. Um, I have an example that I like of this guy who I just, I have so much admiration for him. And he was one of the people I knew who was on drugs. Um, his particular drug of choice was, was heroin, but he also did pharmaceuticals. And this habit landed him on the streets to make a long story short. Um, and then uh, one day he was so grateful because he found a woman who let him sleep on her kitchen floor, which he did. And, um, he wandered into kundalini my kundalini class the same week that he had stopped heroin um and i'm happy to tell you he never went back on from that day and he just started practicing and he started practicing siddarshan chakra kriya which heals drug damage um and he also started practicing a mantra called lakshman which is a mantra for wealth um and when when i tell you the specific techniques he used 
the way that you find a technique is the same way that you find a partner in life. You just have to like it. <laughs> that's, that's how you find a mantra yeah. is because you like it. And that's how you find a meditation is because you like it. So these are, see, these are things that he liked. Um, and he started practicing and he, and he slowly, slowly, his life started to change. He got a minimum wage job. He moved out of the kitchen floor. He got a roommate. He got an apartment. Um, he started his own business. He got rid of the minimum wage job. He uh, is now extremely successful. I'm just, I love, I love his story so much. He's so successful. He has a family. He lives on the water. You know, he has like, he has a, a beautiful life now. He travels the world. He's, he's, he's living his dream. Um, and he was once, uh, once at one time in his life, he couldn't have sunk any lower. Um, and in his case, he did this through a, a sound current, um, Lakshman, and then the Kundalini practice that he did, which was uh, based in sound too. The Siddharshan Chakra Kriya has a mantra with it. Um, he did that every day, and he did this, some of the techniques that you already know from Erica. And he just he created a system. Uh, he created a mind-body system that the sound could work on. And he's, I mean he's a model. He's, he's a role model for people now. That's how incredible he is. And he's one of hundreds of stories that we have. Yeah. So, so I love that you brought up, um, people looking to their past. You can't look to your past and lose energy over it. Right. It's, it's, you're betraying yourself and anyone that wants to drag you back in the past and anyone that wants to make you feel bad about what happened then or what's happening now, that person's your enemy. Anybody who's trying to make you feel bad, they're hurting you. So, so you can't, you, you, you just have to create your own, uh, reality. Yeah. And sometimes we can feel like that enemies ourself too. And I, I do believe that this practice helps us to get out of that space and use yeah. all our life force energy to really support ourselves. Um, I know in the past we have spoken about some people that you work with, choose one Kriya or one meditation, and they just practice that their whole life. In my community, I release a new meditation each month, and I always share with everyone, if there's one that feels good, continue with it for 40 days. Don't change. Um, so I want to ask you, do you stick with one and just that's that's your yeah. one for life? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much. I've always, you know, it's funny because you learn about all these different techniques, and they're all so tempting. I just like, for me personally, I want to practice them all. Um, but I do find right. that I, I tend to stick to the ones that I've been doing for years um, that are, and they're like my friends, you know, I think of like the meditation and the yeah. yoga as my friends. And, um, and I have a couple that are my very best friends <laughs> and we do everything together. Yeah. You know, that's how I think of my, of my, uh, my practice, I you know, that. I love that right now I'm <laughs> practicing the intuition meditation and our community is doing 21 days of this together to see how it goes. And then wow. maybe we'll go to the full 40, um, because I, I just think, what else do we need right now besides our intuition? Like, we really yes. need our intuition. Yes. Um, yes. So yes. we're doing this one with the four the four breaths Fantastic. in and the one breath out Fantastic. through the nose. Yeah, Fantastic. I love it. And I really feel such a difference from it. See, what what our only objective, you and me, Erica, both, and just like, you know, the, this, the whole world objective is just, just, practice. 
and there's no wrong way to do it. <laughs> so, so a lot of times we want to, you know, a lot of times we want to overthink our practice and overthinking our practice is a way of not practicing because it's like, oh, well, I didn't wake up early enough today, or I don't have enough time to do a meditation. I want to do 31 minutes, but I only have three minutes. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything. You know, <laughs> there's so many ways that we talk ourselves out of practicing and just remind yourself anything that you do in terms of your yogic practice is good. So I, I tell people, if you want to come to class for five minutes and then leave, it's fine. If you want to come for 90 minutes and then stay for the next class, it's fine. If you have a lot of time one day and you do a two and a half hour practice, that's great. If you have no time and you're just chanting Sat Nam on your way to work, that's great. Um, the idea is just practice in whatever fashion that you can. Um, there's everybody knows that discipline is sort of uh, the base of, of any successful person in life. And discipline can mean anything, but, um, but be disciplined enough to do something, even if it's a few seconds or a few minutes. That's going to get so you true. to your goals. What is the significance of 31 minutes? There are, uh, there are minutes, they're called meditation minutes that were given to us by the, uh, the yogis, essentially. And these ancient yogis, they understood the way that the atoms worked in the body and they understood the way that the meridians worked in the body and the nadis and they just understood the system in a very special way. And so they've given us um, milestones of practice and and that's 31 minutes is one of the milestones and the other one uh three minutes is a, a very good practice it's enough to get the glandular system moving so three minutes of almost anything you know cat cow ego eradicator um you're gonna get your glandular system moving and then you move up to 11 minutes and that is a, another milestone of change inside the body uh, transformation of consciousness removal of subconscious blocks if you increase to 31 minutes then it's just um it, we to continue the analogy of the the race track and the race car the car can just go faster on the track um it's just an or the hatha yoga versus the kundalini analogy 31 minutes is if you want faster results and if you you're not happy with the speed that you're moving um, and you want to move faster do 31 and then if you really uh, are quite serious then we have 62 minutes and two and a half hours and so some people they'll do two and a half hours for 40 days of something because they feel very motivated uh, to make a change and there is one woman who she's very interesting she has um, a, a like a summer home that she goes to um, or like a vacation home and so she she was able to take the time out out of her life one day and she left her husband in the city and she went to their their home in the country and she did 40 days of two and a half hours of um, Kirtan Kriya in the morning and two and a half hours of long echoing cars at night, something like that. Maybe it was reversed. Um, but she, she just went there to do her own little retreat. And she said that she was completely transformed. I mean, she looked like a different person. She felt like a different person. Her kids started to change. And she said one of the interesting manifestations of those 40 days is when she got back to the city where she lived, her husband was 20 pounds lighter. He had lost weight. <laughs> and it was really weird because he'd always been the same weight ever since she met him. And he was like maybe slightly pudgy, you know. And then, and then she does the practice. 
And then she goes back to the city and he's lost the weight. And, and it was like, wow, their energy fields connected. They're connected wow. and she's connected to the kids. There's, there's an electromagnetic frequency. And after 40 days, he had lost 20 pounds, which is just like, and he looked great and it wasn't too much for him. And he wasn't, he was just doing, he, his habits had changed or who knows how that happened. Wow. But, um, but it's just so interesting sometimes because the internal is one thing and, and the external can be another thing, you know? And so, That's so yeah, right. I mean, um, if you, if you're interested in increasing your practice for a short period of time or, um, usually, usually five hours a day is a little too much um, for people to do <laughs> or two and a half hours a day is too much. And that's why we say that these are, um, that these are practices for householders because you can achieve a tremendous amount of transformation in just 11 minutes. Like how long are you doing the, um, the intuition meditation for? 11 minutes and the last two days, it's felt too short for me. Like I want more. I do. So maybe yeah. this is my side. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I mean, the the beautiful thing is that you know, those these are our these are our um, check-ins of power. So three minutes, eleven, thirty-one, sixty-two, two and a half. Like you doing eleven minutes a day. Like imagine if if eight the eight billion people on the planet did eleven minutes of meditation, even for one day of their lives. One day, yeah. people vibrating 11 minutes at a high frequency. Just imagine, we would have a completely uh, different reality now. I think the war would stop instantly so if, if 8 billion people right? had 11 minutes, even one day. If you, if you, Erica, could lead the planet in an 11-minute meditation one day, all those shenanigans would stop. It would. But, um, but that's not, that, so <laughs> that's not the reality we live in. So, so 11 is nothing to sneeze at. It's, it's powerful. Yeah, it is. It is very powerful. <laughs> and in the beginning of my journey, I started this all with like three to five minutes. And that showed me the power of this because in only yeah. three to five minutes, my whole entire day shifted, my whole energy shifted. So yeah. I, I definitely know that there's so much power in 11 and Maybe I'm just meant to push myself a little bit more now. Um, but do you know what I love that you shared? How this woman created this retreat for herself. And I believe that's what Kundalini Yoga Meditation is for us. We, we are so often looking outside of ourselves in the society we're living in. We never think that like we can have what we need, whether it's to heal or to succeed or to go to the next level, but it's all perspective. And when we tune in, we connect to that golden chain of teachers, so all the teachers that have come before us. And it's it's amazing what, what can be done just through this practice on your own, on your meditation mat. And that's, I think, um, yeah, I, that's that's kind of what I, I never did kundalini in person in an in-person class before my teacher training. I've never been to a kundalini yoga class. So I was always just practicing in my pajamas, practicing right out of bed, practicing very informally, but showing up always with so much respect for it because of what it has done for me. And it's 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 just all within us and we need to just access that and clear some stuff out so that we can really connect with it. I mean, like you said, we access it because it's already within ourselves. I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, there's so many people on the planet who never have the, the privilege 
and the honor of accessing their maximum creative potential. But the ones that do um, are the happiest people, the most satisfied people. And we're not saying that, that people have to practice Kundalini to be happy, that's silly. But we are saying that this is a method of practice that, that does um, have a track record of literally improving uh, the lives of anyone that practices it. So if you are looking for an improvement in your life, you found what's considered to be the fastest technology on the planet to make that improvement. Um, and so as, cool. as you know, from teaching, from learning from Erica, 11 minutes, three to five minutes. I mean, these are enough to make very gigantic changes in your life. And I'll tell you one more story because I love the stories. They, they've really helped me um, understand the power of Kundalini. And I think that they um, help illustrate the technology well. So there's this one lady. And you when you said three to five minutes, I remembered her. Because she did three to five minutes of the addiction meditation. She started out with three and then increased to five. And she did it because we had assigned it as homework one day. That was why she did it. She didn't have any addiction she wanted to get rid of. Um, but it was her homework, and so she did it. <laughs> and um, she had had a 30-year smoking habit that she stopped. Um, we saw her twice a year. So the, the, one, the one time at the one training, we assigned the addiction meditation. And the second time around, um, we checked in, and she had stopped smoking. And how did you even ask her? Because we were doing the training together. He asked her, how long had you, or how many times have you tried to stop smoking in the past? And she goes, I never tried to stop because I like smoking. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and she goes, and he goes, well, why, why did you stop? I don't want to anymore. That was it. I just don't want to. And it's five wow. minutes of this. Five minutes. Three minutes is all we asked, but she decided to increase it to five. <laughs> That's it. So, I mean, I mean, you don't, you don't need to, to be, um, to sit in a monastery or sit in a retreat or uh, you're supposed to be able to have fun in your life and do everything you're already doing, add a little bit of Kundalini and just enjoy it all more. That's the goal. You don't have to stop. There's no rules. There's nothing that we're asking you to stop. There's nothing that we're asking you to believe in. There's nothing that we're asking you to do or not do. But if you find some Kundalini and you add it into your life, we are saying that your life's going to get better. That's it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. To say the least, it's going to get better. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I feel like with this practice, you start to experience, and we've spoken about this, you start to experience things you never experienced before, this like bliss, ecstasy, connection. And I remember being in teacher training, learning about the um the nadis the id the shushmana and my head was spinning i'm like i i can't grasp this this is like too much for me and more recently i started to feel this energy in my navel where all my channels felt like everything was just open and flowing like i had access to all of me and I can't explain it ever, any other way. And I think that with this practice, sometimes um, our our brain, our knowledge, our logic is limited compared to what the body and the electromagnetic field can really experience. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't agree with that more. <laughs> yes, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, it's 
you know, words are such a very small part of our sound. And what you just described is, you know, you, you mentioned the nadis. Your nadis are, are creating a sound. You mentioned the shushmana. The shushmana has a sound. All of your cells have a sound. All of your neurons fire in your brain with a sound or in your gut. So you have neurons in your gut that fire with a sound. You have protons, neutrons, electrons, quarks. Your body is made up of the same thing that this table is made up of that's right in front of me right now. Uh, but we're, we're all made up of matter. And that matter uh, vibrates with a sound and your molecule and it organizes the molecules to make you a person instead of, uh, you know, a flower or something like that. It's just the way that the molecules are organized um, and, and that the, the life force, the life trons, as Yogananda would call it, are organized. And so, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to think of um, changing the sound and completely changing your experience of reality and um, what you just described is beyond words because it's you can't make the sound that the blood makes in the vein with your words right that's a frequency yeah. um, so, <laughs> so it's it's very it's very interesting it's very interesting when you start to kind of um, go into it and I'll tell you a story that We'll see. We'll see how the story lands. I read this story when uh, a very, very long time ago when I first started practicing, and it's in this book called Living with the Himalayan Masters by Swami Rama. I highly recommend this book, Living with the Himalayan Masters by Swami Rama. Swami Rama comes across a, a teacher one day, one of these kind of cave yogis, and the cave yogi, uh, you know, in, in, the, in those days, it was tradition to, uh, if someone died, you'd put the body into the river and you'd let the river carry the, after a ceremony, you'd let the river carry the body away. Um, and so this, this yogi had directed his students to go fish a body out of the river, which had been like lodged, I don't know, nearby where they were. And he goes, this is waste. This is a waste of matter. Like, if you just let this body decompose in the river, it's a waste of matter. And so he, he had the students bring the body, he had the body covered up, and then he was able to use his sound current to transform the, mole the molecular structure of the body into what looked like a norm normal food, like vegetables and rice and, and an actual dinner. Um, because this is a yogi that he knew that, that uh, matter is created by molecules, and that uh, matter can be reorganized um, with sound. And he was able to demonstrate that he could do that. So I don't know, is that a little gross? Maybe it is, but. <laughs> no, it's, nothing's gross because it's just, who knows what, you know, like it's, it's sound. And as you said before, like there's a sound for every, every different thing and it's interesting and matter is never created nor destroyed. So we are eventually becoming something else. Maybe, maybe it's a bunch of vegetables. <laughs> I eat a lot of them. <laughs> it could be. So I want to share when I do morning call and a lot of people in my community feel this, it's like, you're just in a whole different playing field that day. Like after you chant morning call, something special happens and you have like this frequency that stays with you throughout the day. And I know we're, we're calling that energy through the chakras. We're charging up the solar centers and the, and on um, the chakras and radiating out into the aura. Is there anything else that you can share about that special chance? 
Yeah. Yes. I ha I, I love Long Icon Cars. I feel Long Icon Cars sort of come from the original sound. Um, because we talked about in this podcast, we talked about Ong being the original sound. That changed yeah. to Ong, O-N-G. And then from Ong, Ek preceded Ek, Ek, Ong, Ong, Car. Car is 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 the the propulsion of the sound. Car is the movement of the sound. So ek on car on being again one of the original uh, sounds. And car we still use car. You know you drive a car because when you want to move from A to B you drive a car. It's a transportation system. So ek on car car is also the movement, the transportation system behind the mantra. So and uh, Satnam brings us brings all of our uh, the elements into balance, and then City Wahe Guru Wahe is the ecstasy Guru is the transformation of darkness to light, but also the invocation of self love. So when you hear, hear the word Guru, and I get this all the time because my name is Guru Joss, it's not it's people mistake it as a title. It's not a title. It's a uh, it's a sound current that invokes self love or that is able to transform darkness into light. So that's and that's in Ekonkar Satnam Siri Waheguru. What we have in that mantra is uh, absolutely everything. Um, that mantra is the key that unlocks the Aquarian consciousness. So it allows us to move from a vibration that's Piscean or controlling or manipulating, you know, the negative aspect of uh, the Piscean age. And it allows us to move into the positive aspects of the Aquarian mind, which is a realm of acceptance. And if we can accept, we can love. And we often consider acceptance the same vibrational frequency as love, because if you can accept the things in your life, the people in your life, then, then you can love them better, right? If you can accept yourself and all aspects of yourself, that's a way of loving yourself. And when you don't accept, you're, you don't love, you know, that's, you're putting limitations on love. If I don't accept who somebody is, then I'm preventing myself from experiencing love that I could potentially have for that person. So somebody who's in a space of love is in a space of acceptance. And when we move from Piscean to Aquarian, we move from power control manipulation into acceptance and love. Essentially, we move from the third chakra to the fourth chakra. And the other thing I love about Long Akon Cars is it does awaken all the chakras of the body. And when you say it just powers your whole day, I can say that I've seen, I've seen this firsthand in other people. You know, I've, I teach early in the morning sometimes. And so I see people have just finished their Long Akon Cars and the Amrit Vela, um, if that's when they choose to do it. And uh, there's a group practice right now going on in Los Angeles where a lot of people got together and they chose to do it early in the morning. And their eyes are just glowing. They look like... They look yeah. like um, angels. I mean, what's mm -hmm. coming through, the light that's coming through, it's difficult to even put into words. They look so yeah. beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's a type of beauty that you can't get any other way. Um, so, yeah, Long Echo Cars, I'm so glad that you have um, such a dedicated practice with that meditation because I have so much respect for the power of Long Echo Cars. Um, they actually were one of the one of the first meditations that was ever made public uh, when before when when all the meditations were kind of kept under lock and key was long echo cars because of how critically important it is. Wow, yeah, it's something very special. Yeah, yeah, and you feel it and you experience it, and it's hard to always put into words. 
but you did it beautifully. Yes. Thank you. If you were to recommend <laughs> like three top mantras, maybe one for protection, I think I know what you'll say. One mantra for protection, mm-hmm. one for maybe like sadness, grief, heartache, and one for manifestation, what would they be? Protection, heartache, and manifestation. Yeah, like one for I you. actually like you know what I would love to do if you'll if you'll allow me I would love to I'll ask you, you this question because, <laughs> because I feel like I feel like you are an expert on this Erica I really do like I wonder what you would recommend I really strong I really feel that <laughs> so for protection I would recommend Tita too yeah yeah um, yeah I, I mean, also like um I like some just the protection mantra like listening to the protection mantra of course yes. Yes. um Name. and yes. for heartache i think rake raka han perfect yeah perfect. that's a good that's one perfect. perfect and then for manifestation i always think of ekonkar satguru prasad I love, I love these suggestions. Well, so let's go, let's do a little deep dive into those. So, so, so the Tite two is sort of an ultimate mantra for protection because it um, gets rid of negativity in any way, shape or form, especially negativity in, in terms of like supernatural things. So um, if somebody's possessed by a spirit or um, if there's, um, if somebody feels that they're under energetic attack, right. Or anything like this Tite two is super powerful. It's the first thing that's on my playlist in the morning. Um, not because I feel that I'm under energetic attack, but because I like to make sure that I'm protected by all things as I go throughout my day. Um, negativity in the environment, perhaps even negativity in my own energy field that I'm trying to overcome or um, negativity in, in uh, you know, the media and, and work relationships, anything. So Tite Two is the ultimate protection. And we talked about my friend who's a Navy SEAL earlier, and that was the first thing he ever played when he came in contact with Kundalini Yoga because um, being in the military was so difficult for him, and he had to cross so many difficult uh, metaphoric landscapes that he wanted to protect himself from his past. Um, and his present, which he did uh, very effectively with that mantra. So Tite Two is sort of a, uh, it's almost a secret mantra, although nothing secret in Kundalini, very few people know about it. And I do think that it's one of the most powerful practices you can have is listening to Tite Two. And also, I love that you mentioned Adgire Name, because Adgire Name is something that you can chant easily and quickly, you know? So if you, if you see that you're, um, maybe you're walking down, you're walking someplace and you see somebody who feels dangerous to you, then you can chant Adgire Name around yourself. Um, before you put the key in the ignition of the car, you can chant Adgire Name around the car. And the way that you do it is kind of the right side is Adgire Name, and then behind you is Jugad Name, and left side Sat Name, and in front Siddhi Gurudev Name. So, so you can learn that and you can kind of make a a box of protection around yourself. And I think between those two mantras, um, you're covered for any protection you could ever dream of <laughs> because Adgadeh Adgade Me again, that's easy to chant 
and Tete too is just so incredibly powerful. And also at the same time that it's powerful, it's, it's very, it has, it has a nurturing quality to how protective it is. It also, um, kind of makes you feel good at the same time that it protects you. Um, and I recommend that super highly. So I love those. And I love that you mentioned Rake Rakanahar for the heart because Rake Rakanahar, um, it, it mimics um, in a language that humans can pronounce the movement, the beating of the heart and the movement of the blood through the heart and the health of the heart. So Rake Rakanahar can wow. really be the, um, yeah, it can, that's, I don't know if you know that that's how, uh, that's the description, but uh, you knew, you did know because you said it, you know. Um, so that's a, that's a beautiful one for the heart itself. Um, the, both the physical organ and just the energetic qualities of the heart, you know, the love space. Rake Rakanahar is so, so, so powerful. And another beautiful thing about Rake Rakanahar is it does have a protective quality to it as well. So at the same time that you're going into the healing from the wounds of love or from the wounds of life, um, you're also protecting yourself from coming into contact with more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very specific, it has a specific relation to the heart, uh, Rake Rakanahar. And also while we're on the subject of heart, we can also mention that when we chant and when we move our lips while we chant, the lips have a meridian that connect directly to the heart. So you could say that anything that you chant, and that's why you kiss somebody that you love, it's anything that you chant, you, it does have a relationship to that heart center itself. Um, and then you said, what was the third one you said, Erica, the third quality? You mentioned I did echo Manifestation. Yes. Echonkar Sakura Prasad, right? Yeah. Sorry, it was breaking up. And a what about that's the Hotel one, right? Karam? Yeah. yeah. That was the one I said and I yes. was that Karam, right? Yes. So the, so let's go into those because those are excellent. The thing about Bhutakaram is that it rewrites your destiny that's written on your forehead. Um, so that's uh, critically important to think about is that I came into this lifetime. We all did. We all were born into this life with a specific destiny written already, a contract, if you will, that we signed mm -hmm. in the ether space. Um, as sort of, uh, we decided how many breaths we were going to take. We decided how much money we would have, all these things, um, what our relationships were going to look like. And 80%, 80% in the yogic technology is predetermined. Um, and what you can do with Bhotakaram is you can rewrite what's been written. And that's why Erica brought it up is because she, she understands that. Um, the Bhotakaram goes onto your forehead and rewrites what's there. Um, and it has a particular relationship with money. So if you'd like more money than you already have in this life or more money than you've already, uh, than you agreed to have, you can go on the forehead and you can rewrite, uh, the destiny for as much as you want. And you listen to the sound, concentrate on the sound and project the sound to override the sound of the subconscious that might be at odds with the sound of the conscious mind. So the conscious mind wants one thing, the subconscious mind derails the conscious and wants another thing. So you put the boat to cut him and you concentrate deeply and you listen deeply and you play it as much as you can. And then you can rewrite the destiny. And, um, like I said, it's classically used for money, but it rewrites anything. And there was this one lady who she felt she was in this terrible job she had because of her karma. 
She goes, I have bad karma. That's why I'm in this terrible job. That's how she framed it to herself. I don't really use that language myself, but that's what she thought. And she goes, I'm going to chant Botakaram so that I can get out of this horrible job that I dislike. <laughs> and she did. She chanted it all day long and she got out of the job she didn't like. And Ekonkar Satgoprasad is very powerful. And it's interesting you should bring that up, Erica, because Ekonkar Satgoprasad is the only mantra in Kundalini that amplifies without discrimination. In other words, um, Ekonkar is going to make anything bigger. So if you're, uh, if you're in a space mm -hmm. of frustration, it will take frustration and make it bigger. If you're in a space of joy and bliss, it'll take joy and bliss and make it bigger. And that's why she's recommending it for manifestation, because if there's something that you want, um, if you want money, a house, a relationship, a job, a new place to, a new city to live in, you know, anything that you want, it will take it and it will make it bigger. But if you use Ekankar Satgur Prasad, you have to be aware that out of all the thousands of mantras that we have, it will amplify anything uh, that you give it. So it's it's much like the mind in that way. Anything you give the mind, the mind makes bigger. It sends energy to it. And Ekankar Satgur Prasad sends energy to anything um, that you project. So if you're going to use it, um, it's very powerful and I do recommend using it, but use it, uh, you know, when you're in a comfortable state of mind, perhaps when you're at home, uh, on your sheepskin or on your yoga mat or on your cushion, um, and you're sitting down and you know, you know, you're not like in traffic or something and you're going to get mad at someone for cutting you off. <laughs> Just use it, use it in a, in a wise, in a wise way, in a controlled environment. <laughs> When we did that during my training, they they said, like, be very mindful of what you do later today. Make sure. I think that was the one that they said, make sure you're not, like, consuming any drugs or alcohol after. And make sure that you are thinking the thoughts of what you want to receive. Like, there's that much power in it. <laughs> yeah. It's so powerful. I'm glad yeah. you teach it because I find I find that I don't often teach it. And it's really a very important mantra to know. So I'm grateful that you brought it up because, um, yeah, it's got it's got an incredible power to it. It does. My favorite mantra from you is Ikardas Bahi. Think there's another word in there? Yeah, Ikardas Wahiguru. Yes. Yes. Oh, good. Good. Yes. Well, that's. I love Oh, love, thank you. Love. Thank you so much. Well, that is, um, Ikar Das is, Ardas means the prayer. And there's a lot of ways to think about the word prayer in Aquarian times. Prayer is traditionally a religious word, but we also, um, a yogi thinks of prayer and intention is synonymous. So intention or attention is the same thing as prayer to a yogi, but you use any word that you'd like. Um, but the idea is, is our Das is a prayer, is an intention to, you put out something and then the universe reflects it back to you. And so our Das, Ikar Das, um, is, is that prayer. And it's a prayer to, to enter into a sanctuary of the heart. The sanctuary is the, is the translated yeah. word, to enter into the sanctuary of heart. Um, and then Wahegurdu is the bliss of the human incarnation, the highest happiness we can experience as a human being on the planet. So um, thank you, Erica, for bringing up that, that one too. I'm grateful. 
Thank you. It's one of my favorites, although I love your whole Sadna album. I listen to it religiously. If I don't, oh, if I'm not able to sit and chant it each morning, sometimes I'll do a yoga flow to it or I'll take my morning walk to it just to consume all of those sounds. And it's just, you have the voice of an angel, you have the energy oh. of an earth angel, and I'm so grateful for you. And I'm grateful for our Thank friendship you. and our connection and your generosity coming on here. This is one of my longest podcasts because I can literally <laughs> talk to you forever. Um, I, I need to come to LA soon just to be in the same room with you because your energy is just beautiful and divine. And I can't thank you enough for being here. Oh my gosh, Erica. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, again, your words are so beautiful and so generous. I'm so grateful. And I also, you just have to know how whenever I think of you, I think of you as just an example of a, a way to live a beautiful, impeccable life. There's a sincerity, a commitment, and uh, just your your very presence. One measure, one measure of spiritual success is when someone thinks of you, they feel good. And you have achieved that. And that's one of the highest uh, achievements you can you can attain on the planet Earth, is when someone thinks of you, they're uplifted. And um, I can't remember who I'm quoting when I, when I say this quote. I want to say it's Maya Angelou, but I think that's wrong. But, um, it, you know, that somebody will forget what you did, and they'll forget what you said, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. You know, and so we, we've talked for an hour. We know that you're not going to remember everything that we said, but we hope that you'll remember that you felt good when you came and you joined us for this podcast. And that's what you've achieved for me, Erica, is that when I think of you, I feel good. And um, that's very unusual incarnation. And so you're very much a role model to us. So thank you for that. Thank you, Kurujas. Thank you so much. And thank you to the listeners for being here in this very special conversation with Guru Joss. And do you want to share your Instagram handle, your music handle, anything where they can find you? Yeah, thank you. So um, whitesun.com, that's easy enough. Whitesun.com is our website. And um, on Instagram, we have both White Sun Music, which is our um, for the band. And my name is Guru Joss Kalsa. Um, and I would love to connect with you further, but you've already, if you found Erica, you've already found a very special connection to these teachings. So good work. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll send everyone off with the longtime sun. May the longtime sun shine upon you. May all love surround you. And may the pure lights within you guide your way on. Thank you for being here and thank you Guru Joss for being here. Satnam. Satnam, thank you.